0: Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012. It's now the fourth day of November 2016. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from the Sully Baseball studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager, Bob Melvin, and just a line drive from Sunken Diamond the baseball home of the Stanford Cardinal. Well, here we are. This is the the podcast, the first one of the series of podcasts that I do every year that make people say, "Wait a minute. You do it 365 even in the off season?" This is my first off-season podcast. Here we go. This is the element of the podcast that gets the most people saying, wait, what? Like in December? Like in January? But why? why? This is why. And it's so simple to understand why. And I don't understand why it's difficult to understand. Let's say you're a baseball fan. Suddenly, blink, it's gone. Oh, it went with an absolute fury. And this is, think about it, the last three final games of the World Series. You had one Game 7 thriller between San Francisco and Kansas City where Baumgartner came out of the bullpen and cemented his name alongside the likes of Christy Mathewson and Grover Cleveland Alexander and was an absolute thriller. Last year, you didn't have a Game 7, but you had the Mets have yet another bullpen collapse and an extra inning victory by Kansas City with a host of unlikely heroes and absolutely death-defying base running that really, oh man, was a kick to the groin of what could have been the greatest moment of Matt Harvey's career. But it was a thrilling game. Then, of course, you had this one, which is, you know, epic. I mean real, I mean Tolstoy would have said slow down. It's just too much. And so we say goodbye to baseball. And if you're a fan, and you know what I'm hoping is because if you're a fan, I hope that there's a whole generation of people who watched that game and saw it and loved it. That's guess what folks? That's baseball. You're going to see a lot of great games. Maybe not as great as that one, but you don't know. Watch baseball. Get hooked on baseball. Love baseball. It's a good thing. And it's a commitment. It is a daily commitment. And I've made this point before. There is no sport better designed for the Internet, for daily consumption, Because you go on the internet every day. You don't go on it once a week. You go on it every day. You check your Twitter. Some of you are checking the Twitter right now. Some of you listen to me on the Twitter. And you follow it day by day, whatever your social media you you go to. You get content day by day. And baseball provides it day after day. It's designed for the internet. They didn't know that. They didn't know that when they were... The Alexander Cartwright was playing with the New York Knickerbockers. He didn't turn to someone and say, hey, guess what? Uh, I know it's 1844 and we're playing a game that can be traced back to Rounders, but someday there's going to be an internet and we're going to be ideal for it. Well, baseball is that everyday sport, and now it's gone. And I'm expecting some of my listenership to go down, but if you need baseball. You need baseball in the off season. You need baseball at one point or another during the year. That's just the nature of the animal, of the beast. It's 666, the number of the beast. It's just part of what you experience. It's part of who we all are. If you're a baseball fan, you're there every day. And now here I am. I'm here every day for you throughout the offseason, come to Sully. And do me a favor. All of my friends out there who follow me regularly, in the offseason, do your pal Sully a favor. Send out a tweet today and say, hey, if you like baseball and you miss baseball in the offseason, check out Sully. And so I know that you're listening to it. Say hashtag um, what should it be? Hashtag blueberry. I had a blueberry muffin earlier today. Hashtag blueberry. All right? And just so I know you got it from here. I love doing weird stuff like that. Um, we're gonna talk about a lot of things. I promise to talk about every team. Uh i every single team I'm gonna cover this offseason. season. Uh, and if you want if there's anything you want me to talk about. Trust me, i got to fill this up, so st- keep those Sunday requests piling in, and if there's anyone you want me to bring back who is a good guest, I've had someone already asked me what happened to Anna the Goat farmer. I'll give you an update on her and everything. But before we move on and tackle the offseason and moves and awards, I want to bring up a couple of things. First of all, I, I stand by that you could have you should have an award show for baseball. Have a big award show at, you know, Radio City Music Hall or something. They hand out the Cy Young Award. They hand out the MVP. You hand out all the awards, and you have lots of celebrities. I think you should do that. And then I'd make the In Memoriam video that you could do for that, too. But I also thought there's another way you can do it. Before Game 1 of the World Series, you announce who the manager of the years are. Now this year, I believe the manager of the year should have been Terry Francona and Dave Roberts, and you'd have. But you have the finalists. You come into the finalists. So imagine that you hand out Dave Roberts, and he holds that up, and Francona at home in Cleveland. He's the manager of the year. Ah, we love you, Tito. Blah blah blah. Then uh, the second game of the World Series, you hand out Rookie of the Year. Third game of the World Series, you hand out. The Cy Young Award, and then the fourth game of the World Series, because you know it's going to go four games. All World Series go at least four games. There's never been a three game World Series. So all you, all you, World Series go four games, and you have game four, you hand out the Most Valuable Player Award. Boom, boom, boom. I think that'd be cool. I prefer my idea of the, the game show, or the, the, the award show, sorry, but that could certainly work. Now, the insanity of what happened in Game 7, you know, we're all going to look at it again, we're all going to watch the clips again, and it's just, it's one of those games that it's a where you were and what you were doing kind of game. With the World Series over, a couple of things came to my mind. John Lackey, never my favorite player, but helped contribute to a Red Sox World Championship, so I got to salute him for that. The Beer and Chicken Brigade, the Beer and Ch- every member of the Beer and Chicken Brigade—Lester, and Lackey, and um, Beckett, and Buckholz—have won multiple World Series rings. Granted, Buckholz didn't play in the 2007 World Series because they shut him down, but he threw a no-hitter that year, and you know he earned his ring. Beckett, Lester, and Lackey all have multiple World Series rings with multiple teams. Lackey has three World Series rings with three different teams. World champion with the Angels, world champion with the Red Sox, and world champion with the Cubs. Not a world champion with the Cardinals, although he played in the postseason with St. Lou. John Lester has moved to that level of pitcher who has had a good, solid career and is a postseason dynamo. He has entered that pantheon right now. His you know, multiple championships with the Red Sox and the Cubs. And also he has put up some great games and, and put up some big numbers and has been a big performer. Much to the chagrin of every A's fan I know because the one team he's played for he didn't win with was 2014 with the A's. Now there's a quirky little thing that has happened that I want to bring up. First of all, the, I, you know I do the tally for who owns... October, and Who Owns the World Series. And I, I do it without a narrative, and I do it without bias. Well, I, maybe I do it with a little bit of bias because it's a damn award, and I, and I, it's a stat, it's a sully metric, and I do it myself. But I don't do it really with an agenda. How do you know I'm not doing it with an agenda? Because one player who received, you know, uh, did I give it to a role Chapman? Um... I think I did, yeah, Roldis Chapman owned October one game. I can't be any clearer of my dislike for a Roldis Chapman, but he earned a woo in one of the games against the San Francisco Giants. So when I tally who owns October, woo, and yes, I know it bleeds into November, but I don't want to do one, and I don't want to do the postseason because that'd be wops, and the I'm half Italian, I can't pull that. I just tally... Who who owned it this day? Who owned it that day? And the names of who owned October. Just it's a strange listing of the names because you sit back and you go, "Oh man, I forgot that team was even in it." Here are the players who received at le- the hitters who received at least one who owned October: Mark Trumbo of the Orioles, Jorge Soler, uh, Corey Seager. Did said did Jorge Soler even play in the World Series? Am I losing my mind or did Jorge Soler not play in the World Series? he said, "I have to look that up. I have to go to BaseballReference.com, the single greatest website in the history of the planet Earth." I don't remember Jorge Soler playing in the World Series. Did I? Did I forget that? Did I? Did Did I? Did Yeah, he did. He had two appearances. I'll be dipped. I did not realize that. Okay. Um, back back to my little weird list. Um, you see Jorge Soler, Corey Seeger, Michael Saunders, Carlos Ruiz, Buster Posey, Rugnet Dor, Curtis Granderson of the Mets. Remember the Mets were a playoff team? Ian Desmond, Gregor Blanco, Andrew Benatendi, Jose Bautista, Elvis Andrews, Jason Wirth, Troy Tolowitzki, Kyle Schwarber, Anthony Rizzo, Jock Peterson, Joe Panic. Miguel Montero, Sean Kelly, Yasmani Grandel, Brandon Geyer, Mookie Betts, uh, Roberto Perez, Mike Napoli, Connor Gillespie, Dexter Fowler, Edward Encarnacion, Raja Davis, Javier Baez, Justin Turner, Addison, Russell, Daniel, Murphy, Coco, Chris, Ben Zobris, Jason Kipnis, Adrian Gonzalez, Francisco Lindor, Chris Bryant, and Josh Donaldson. I bet you forgot some of those players were even in the postseason. The pitchers include Noah Syndergaard. Remember that? Brian Shaw, Max Scherzer, Darren O'Day, Darren O'Day, Matt Moore, Johnny Cueto, Cody Allen, Travis Wood, Marcus Stroman, Aaron Sanchez, Mike Montgomery, but not for the clinching of the World Series, Uh, Ryan Merritt, uh, Mark Melanson, Derek Law, Rich Hill, Aroldis Chapman, Madison Baumgartner, Marco Estrada, Josh Tomlin, Roberto Osuna, Clayton Kershaw, Remember when this was supposed to be his postseason? Kyle Hendricks, Kenley Jansen, Jake Arrieta, Andrew Miller, Corey Kluber, and John Lester. Some of those names I bet you forgot even played in October. But you look back, it's like a little cross-section. It's like, oh, man, that's right. I forgot they had that great game. I forgot they had that dominant game here and there and everywhere. But here's a strange thing that happened in Who Owns Baseball this year, or Who Owned October. John Lester turned out to have the highest total for pitchers. This is tallying World Series and playoffs. He finished with five. Five who owned Octobers, edging out Corey Kluber, who finished with four, and Andrew Miller, who finished with three. If the Indians had won with a dominant performance by Corey Kluber, you know, he would have owned October. Instead, a fine relief performance by John Lester sealed the deal. Here's the strange part, though. Do you know what hit her own October just by tallying it unbiased? Josh Donaldson of the Blue Jays, three-and-a-half total, edging out Chris Bryant and Francisco Lindor, who finished each with three. Donaldson didn't even forget the World Series. He didn't get to ALCS Game 6. And yet his dominant division series and Fine performance in the ALCS, that was enough. He got three and a half. He owned October without even playing in the World Series. Uh, the odd little quirk is three pitchers tied with the highest who owned the World Series total: Jake Arrieta, who I didn't really think of having a dominant World Series; Corey Kluber, who did until Game Seven; and John Lester, who made up for his terrible Game One performance. Well, not terrible, but you know he lost it. Uh, and the hitter who owned the World Series was Chris Bryant, not Ben Zobris. Jason Kipnis, Ben Zobrist, and Rajay Davis all had a game and a half, uh, one and a half. Now, remember, Jason Kipnis hooked a foul ball that for a second I thought was a World Series winning home run. Yeah, he would have owned the World Series. And, of course, if Rajay Davis, if the Indians had wound up scoring two runs in the bottom, uh, or three runs in the bottom of the 10th, Rajay Davis would have owned the World Series, but he didn't. But Ben Zobras was the World Series MVP. I just find little things like this. This is like who owns October? Who owns baseball? Wow, Woo wows. They aren't subject to my personal agenda, they're just a daily tally. Tick, tick, tick. As I said, Miguel Cabrera, Got the highest who owns baseball tally. I don't think he should win the MVP. I think Mike Trout should. But that's just how it tallies up every day, without any malice and without any judgment. Tick, tick, tick. Now here's one thing that, you know, I just find this sort of thing to be fascinating. I am borderline obsessed with the notion of being the pitcher on the mound to clinch the World Series. That's one reason why I didn't want it to be uh, Aroldis Chapman. I wanted it to be someone else. Well it turned out to be Mike Montgomery. Now it turns out also that the picture that people seems to be uh, posting of the final out turns to be either Chris Bryant smiling or just the, the team just running around hugging each other and not of Mike Montgomery with his arms in the air. Although I did post one of the pictures of Mike Montgomery with his arms in the air uh, on sullybaseball.com. Well, he is part of, you know, this uh, a post that I did on the blog of what I who I think are the, some of the most unlikely players to clinch a World Series uh, for their teams. and they're the Daryl Knowles of the world, the Bud Daly's of the World, the Mike Timlins of the world, and finishing up with the Mike Montgomery. Here's how unlikely Mike Montgomery's save was. He had played in the minor leagues in the Seattle Mariners organization and was acquired in mid-July to the Cubs. The person who would have the moment of clinching the World Series for the Cubs wasn't even a Cub until mid-July. Going into Game 7 of the 2016 World Series, Mike Montgomery had zero saves. Zero. I tied him in saves. With zero. He had none. Zilch. Never saved a game. As a professional. They hand the ball to him and said, hey, do you want to do something you've never done before? Save a game. Now, it was against Michael Martinez, who was not exactly, you know, staring down Albert Pujols in his prime. But still, hey, why don't you do something you've never done before? He has one save. And it's game seven of the world series and one of the greatest game sevens of all time if that isn't someone who is as unlikely to turn in a great moment i don't know what is part of me wants them to never get another save part of me wants them to just that's it no more saves that's it you've done it once and that's enough Well, there's really not much more to say. I feel badly for the Indian fans out there, and I've talked to a couple of them. And we're going to go into this year, and I'm going to really figure out, okay, who's next? What's the next big title that has to be won? We've seen a bunch of Red Sox ones, now we've seen a Cubs one. So what's the next big title to come? I haven't figured it out yet, but I'll have a formula before you know it. And I just told you who owned baseball. I just told you who owned the World Series. And those tallies, well, I'm not going to do another one until the season starts again. But I'm going to be here every single day. So go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe so I have it, iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and everywhere. Remember that blueberry hashtag. I think we're going to have some fun with that. Uh, the music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kalisky. This has been the first of many off-season episodes of the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Hey, do you want, you can call me. You can call me Sullivan.